So this is my second showing today, and the same person is sitting next to me. Okay, Sky Stalker. <laughs> was there an empty theater? Because that happens to me. <laughs> it was luckily not that empty, but empty enough. Empty enough. They knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They knew. God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, mm-hmm. Lady Wan. Lady Wan, with your Star Wars-inspired name, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. And with us also is Chris from The First Run fantastic podcast they already did their episode on this particular movie say hi to everybody chris hello everybody we had adam driver fest 2019 yeah you did because we did skywalker we did marriage story we did the report and it was oh my goodness a joy (laughs) yeah you need more i can keep going i can talk about myself all day You can find us at all the podcast locations. You can find us at your local Sam Goody. You can get hard copies of the show there, like two ninety nine a piece. I know some people Whoa. are are vinyl tactile. Can I get it on vinyl? Sure. Can I get well, it on no, vinyl? we're not on vinyl yet, but maybe <laughs> for the hipsters. Oh, maybe next year for Christmas. That's a great idea. All right, coming Ooh. soon. The first run on vinyl for all you hipsters out there comes with a free bag of organic beans in the shape of Chris's head. All right, here we go. So let's go ahead. So uh, this movie we're doing today. The big movie, the controversy, the YouTube videos, the podcasts, the ranting, the raving, the yeah. fandom menace, as they call themselves. Ooh, nice. Yes. Uh, raging against this movie, raging against JJ, calling him Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> it has been a big deal. This movie causing so much overly emotional reactions that in my screening, somebody got up in the middle of the movie walked to the front of my theater and yelled, fucking dumb. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. And, and then the guy next to me yells back, get the fuck out of here. And the guy, and then there's this tense moment. And then the guy just kind of laughs, shakes his head and walks out. Then the guy next to me for the next 10 minutes of movie is talking about how he's going to punch a guy in the face, going to find him outside. I'm like, why are we doing this over Star Wars, a franchise that started as family-friendly kid movies. What happened? What's going on here? Anyway, the franchise and the movie that we're talking about today, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Trailer. It's an instinct. Feeling. The Force brought us together. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. What are you doing there, 3PO? 
taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Okay, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, again, directed by J.J. Abrams, who directed Force Awakens. Uh, this one, the third film of the Disney trilogy, uh, the middle film directed by Ryan Johnson, who... Careful. <laughs> I will walk off this show right now. <laughs> the consummate <laughs> contrarian, who you probably don't want to run into at a party, because he will kill your conversation dead. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> you guys are gonna fight i know it's pretty dumb. <laughs> i don't dislike last jedi i actually kind of like it i just wish he had came to play well let me let me let me let me pump the brakes go ahead <laughs> how how familiar are with are you with mr johnson's uh ovra as we say extremely familiar are you a fan of his other work his other work is fine fine but <laughs> I don't think he should have been brought onto this because he's he's the guy who is purposely always wanting to subvert narrative expectations. He uh, said about his first film, Brick, that he said it in high school because he wanted to disrupt the visual traditions that came from the film noir genre. He said mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. Uh, one of the movies that inspired him to make movies was Annie Hall because it, again, subverted the narrative sure. tradition of what comedy can be. This is not the guy who you want collaborating with other filmmakers on a trilogy. I think he's a fine filmmaker. I think he's a probably a nice dude, <laughs> even though he's a rich kid, dinner plate face man baby, uh, who went to USC and his family gave him his first half mil still. Listen, I am tired. You know how hard it is for a white guy to get a leg up yeah. in this world? <laughs> Especially coming from a successful film. You don't know what this guy's been... All right. Listen, I think Brick is a legit masterpiece. It's one of my all-time favorite films. I watch it at least once a year. Hey, JGL for life. But, and though I, I think you and I have argued a little bit about Last Jedi and Mr. Johnson on the, on the tweeters, I, what you had just said, though, about what he does... And then handing him the largest franchise on the planet, mm-hmm. I, I think I may actually have to concede that point to you, and it makes me makes me angry. <laughs> He's a bit ballsy. Also, I I want to say people get really worked up about Star Wars, and they hold it so sacred to their vest. But honestly, mm-hmm. when can anyone honestly say they saw a Star Wars movie that fully satisfied them that they did not think was a piece of junk? It's been a long time. Like, you can argue that Return of the Jedi is a complete waste of a movie. Force Awakens, you can argue all day that that's a fan servicey gimmick. When's the last time this franchise was really 
truly great in anything other than the minds of fans. But I love Force Awakens and I love Rogue it's One. The last Jedi. It's if you if you're wondering when a film didn't follow <laughs> when the when yeah. one of the series didn't follow the the rote kind of passages that we've seen over and over again, we've got something new. Then yeah, you're exactly right. The Last Jedi is the correct film. So I'm, I'm <laughs> apology accepted. There you go. <laughs> it at least didn't Death Star us. I mean, I unfortunately went to the Force Awakens movie marathon when that came out. I sat in a theater at one in the morning to ten o'clock the next day, like something ridiculous. You have problems when you watch them back to back to back. Now that include the prequels. It included the prequels. You're like, okay, there's a Death Star. In five of these movies, especially when you throw Rogue One in, they're talking about it in two more movies. It's like they won't stop with Death Stars or Starkiller bases or plans for Death Stars or talking about Death Stars or starting to build Death Stars or blowing up Death Stars. It gets obnoxious. And I'm like, wow, this is a bankrupt franchise. And yeah, you're right. Like Ryan Johnson probably should have done his own trilogy or something. Yeah. So anyway, Star Wars, I think we all need to just calm down a little bit bring it down a notch is this really the greatest franchise ever it was i think it can be maybe again it's pretty fun though oh sure it is but it is (laughs) but it is fun it is fun so anyway first of all are you star wars fan or you're not a star wars fan what is star wars to you lady Wan? your name is star wars inspired tell us how you got the name real quick and also (laughs) tell us about star wars in your life go ahead so my name comes from the fact that I was wearing the same boots as Obi-Wan when I went to a Star Wars costume <laughs> exhibit. <laughs> like, I was looking, I was like, I got those naturalizers on right now. <laughs> that's one fashionable Jedi. <laughs> I mean, so that's where my name came from. I didn't really get really into Star Wars until later in life because A New Hope was the movie we had to watch every time it rained in sixth grade because we didn't have a gym. So when we couldn't <laughs> like go, the one, yeah. the one VHS tape <laughs> that, that was the it. teacher had. And they would just sort of guess like where we were from the last time it rained. <laughs> so oh, that's, funny. that's how I saw Star Wars for the first time was like in 40 minute chunks for like a month and a half. That's awesome. Who, who... It rains a lot. <laughs> so you get to watch Star Wars. I'm getting pegged in the head by dodgeball because I'm the husky kid. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that's pretty awesome. Wow. But like. Did Star Wars make you feel? Was it something that your family watched? I mean, you're a little younger. Thank you. Like, (laughs) Hike, are you a prequel girl? Is Hayden your man? I didn't see the prequels in the theaters except for the first one. So I saw Phantom Menace and I was like, that boy is cute. So that's how old I am is that it was okay to say that Jake Lloyd was cute. Wow. We were same kind of age. I was like, he's a really cute little boy. I want to play Barbies with that kid. (laughs) So I saw that one in the theater And then I just didn't see the other two. And everybody talked about how disappointing they were and how they weren't that good. And he's just moody and cranky. And I was like, well, I'm moody and cranky now. So, like, I don't need to see that. He hates sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating. (laughs) No, I didn't see them until much later when Force Awakens was coming out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch all of them. Uh-huh. in order and that was the first time i had seen the other two of the prequels and i didn't hate them but i didn't love them so those i don't like i don't hold them near and dear i don't have like lifelong experiences with those ones but the and, originals were just right. like a thing to watch how about the force awakens i love the force awakens i love it 
I also mm-hmm. love Rogue One. Those are my favorite two, and then Empire. And then at what well, Empire's three? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Rogue One, Force Awakens, Empire Strikes Back. Wow. That's okay. It's odd, but you know what? Okay. It's true to me. You do you. Live your life. <laughs> All right. That's Star Wars. Do you own Star Wars apparel, dolls, toys? I have a Porg in my car hanging on the window. I have a Porg backpack that I have worn to Galaxy's Edge. And all of Look the staff members asked me about it. Where's the YouTube video for Screen Fix YouTube channel? I, got, I guess I got to go again because I got like five Star Wars shirts. So I can go like We're going to take a local pod field trip. There you go. <laughs> and we are going to YouTube the crap out of that. It'll be first run with Chris. It'll be you. It'll be me. It'll be James Baker with Pop Colt Net. We're doing it. We're doing this. Do we just plan a field trip on the podcast? Yay. <laughs> I'll pack sandwiches. Perfect. <laughs> Cheese, please. <laughs> awesome. So you are a Star Wars fan for sure. Chris, Star Wars, you, your life, your heart, your soul, your growing. Tell me about Star Wars and you. So <laughs> if I'm honest, I am probably a larger Star Trek fan than a Star Wars fan. Oh. You Though I do love be. the Star Wars. You like the science and the diplomacy. I just love the eccentricities of Bill Shatner is probably what I love. But (laughs) when I was a kid, I would sit in my dad's recliner, put on the Star Trek II soundtrack on vinyl, and then basically reenact the movie. Oh, my God. What did I just bother you with the other day, Lady One? (laughs) You made me put on the Wrath of Khan score. You're like, blast it. Dude, that thing thing is awesome it's one of the best scores i mean it's star trek wrath of two i said that yeah. oh you know what we have more comedy there you go <laughs> from the first one <laughs> but my I, I am a star wars fan obviously empire is my favorite film probably so i was born in 1950 and the one i i think the first one i saw in the theater don't worry i was also born in 19 <laughs> well if i tell you what one i saw in the theater that kind of gives the game away but it so it's empire and uh, it blew me away as a kid. I was absolutely floored by it. By it. And I was uh, uh, just enraptured. I mean, especially that big reveal. One of the greatest reveals in the history of cinema. And we can talk about how they trip over that in this film maybe later. But still, yeah. that thing just floored me. And I was been a fan ever since. But Return of the Jedi uh, with the introduction of the Muppets was kind of cute and fun. Right? <laughs> yep. But still, it's it's still good enough. It's got the big payoff and everything works. And I've always been underwhelmed by the prequels. In fact, my co-host likes to pretend they don't exist. And he's a bigger <laughs> Star Wars fan than I am. So, but yeah, he has quite the disdain for those films. I'm not a big fan of yeah. either of the, of the first two of the prequels. The third one is at least entertaining, but that's about as far as I go. The prequels are not movies so much as they're plays performed in front of giant green screens right and the problem is, and then lucas was right not to start with those films because it's all politics and e- economic intrigue and all boring stuff he, he doesn't even try to make it interesting no. <laughs> and i like how subtly racist that film is too at times how he <laughs> assigns the different yeah. accents yeah. and voices but still it's uh, yeah. oh, we yeah. must move quickly to this yeah. all communication everybody <laughs> sinister has an accent exactly mm-hmm. And then, though I do like the fact that the ETs show up in uh, in, in one of them. <laughs> I can't right. remember which one. 
<laughs> so, but I agree with with Lady Wan. I enjoy maybe no, though not to the degree she does. I do enjoy <laughs> the Force Awakens, but basically it just serves to remind everybody how much fun the franchise is. All it, it, it's there to reignite your nostalgia and make you fall yeah. in love with the series all again. Totally. And then Johnson expands the universe, much I think to the films in the whole series improvement. I think there's a lot of different ways we can run with the series now. And so I'm all in at this point. I'm like, everything's back. We've moved on and we've transitioned from a, a franchise for children to a franchise for everybody. And then we decide not to do that anymore. But as a whole, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, as in, in regards to memorabilia, uh, since this is an auditory medium, medium, it's not really <laughs> yeah. going to work for you. I have a Yoda puppet I got I as a child it. on my bookcase right now. And no. I don't think I have any shirts. I've bought them all, um, at least. So I had them on VHS, DVD, and then I have them on, I'm all on Blu-ray. Uh, they just announced that big 4K set, but it doesn't include Rogue One or Solo. So I will not be picking that up. Plus, we don't know if the original versions of the original trilogy are going to be included, which I'm sure is not going to happen until Lucas kicks at this point. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't want to... Ad- admit that that was kind of a misguided <laughs> idea to put modern effects in a 70s film well you know mcclunky and all that so and i think i dressed up as darth vader uh, a couple times for halloween i oh you know what i got matt my co-host matt for christmas i got him an unopened rack pack are you familiar with what a rack pack is i'm old so i know i'm dating myself here uh is that princess leia's metal bra <laughs> I had I had no idea that that was this kind of show. No, it's oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so you know the Star Wars films have trading cards, right? Well, Rack oh, Pack yeah. was a set of three packs in one cellophane package that you would just hang on a hook, like at Kmart or Caldors or Bradley's, whatever. Yeah. So I found an unopened Rack Pack of Empire Strikes Back cards. So I bought that for him off on eBay, and I got him. He was ecstatic. Now the big question is, is he going to open it? I think he's going to open it. I was listening to that episode. Yeah. I think he's going to open it. Does that include the famous card where C-3PO looks like he has a boner? What are you talking about? I don't know. It could be. It's They're all random. <laughs> I did. I I'll was not aware of that. photo on the blog. I did not know that card existed. That card definitely exists. It exists. I've shown it to people. I have to, I have to look into that. <laughs> he's got a beautiful... Golden Rod. I thought Last Jedi was the horniest of the Star Wars movies. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, I, yeah, okay. I, I, I am a, a big fan. I think I've talked long enough. <laughs> oh, and I had Star Wars sheets as a kid. All right, go ahead. Continue. I want Star Wars sheets now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I remember having Star Wars sheets as well. I, I remember them having, having uh, X-Wings on them. Yep. I had that. I had Oh, oh, at one... and I need to cut you off because oh. I need to hear my own voice. <laughs> I have all the toys as well. I have, I still have the Millennium Falcon. I have an AT-AT or an ATAT, Whoa. which I guess is yep. the proper pronunciation. Yep. But in the commercials, yep. they said AT-AT, which is why I always say AT-AT. Is that the one where you can put your hand in the side door and you can control his head? That is gross. Um, I don't <laughs> think it is, no. Because I had that, that AT-AT. And I also have the Yoda <laughs> Dagobah playset. I used to have that too. And I have a couple of the Darth Vader cases oh, with the figures in them. The Yoda playset had a little spot on the ground that was foam. Yep, yep. And it was supposed to be like the mud mm-hmm. that where you would sink in it. Yeah. Oh, and a Tie Fighter and a and a and a X-wing. I think that's everything. It's pretty great. Yep. And I think I am done interrupting you for now. Just for now. <clears throat> 
are there any other hosts on on your show or <laughs> Matt would probably say no. <laughs> JC, do you want to tell yeah. us about your connection to Star Wars? I started to. Do you want to continue? Yes. <laughs> okay, please. go ahead. I had a lot of those toys. Oh, and 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 I'm just kidding. Damn it. So, <laughs> yeah, I had the toys too. I, I I loved all the all those toys. I loved collecting those toys. I did not treat my toys like collectors' items, though. I abused the shit out of them. Like all of my toys were well played with. That's the way to do it. And I feel terrible about that because I have a cousin, Keith. Because I was like poor, <laughs> my great aunt forced him to give me the Well of Souls Indiana Jones playset. And what's funny, nice. so I'm going to talk about Well of Souls a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And instead of like keeping it nice, I lost everything. I lost <laughs> everything. I trashed the thing. And he was one of those kids that would keep everything perfect, like he was collecting them. Who, who knows what I'd be worth now? The Well of Souls playset? Come on. There he is. It's the Indiana Jones. I have the Indiana Jones, for lack of a better term, Barbie doll. <laughs> Why does he look like he's wearing an Annie Hall hat? It's, that's, it's the fedora. <laughs> It's like a big piece of cloth. <laughs> no, that is Diane Keaton. All and the I way. have. It still has his gun and the whip. I think just I have the whip. It must have fallen. The whip is Woody Allen. Exactly. <laughs> Poor Sunyi. But yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Anyway. No, never too. There's soon. my Indiana Jones. And it's I funny. Have. I actually was watching The Last Crusade just this weekend. I love that one. I love that one. That's actually Harrison Ford's favorite one. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sure you were saying something important. I didn't go ahead and continue. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. Just like pull up your toys and outdo us all. It's fine. Yeah. So, but Star Wars was always big for me. My The first movie that I remember seeing ever in the theater, I had to ask my dad if this memory was actually true because mm. I didn't, it was always this really foggy thing. The first movie I ever saw in the theater ever was Return of the Jedi. And I was like, Dad, I have this memory of seeing Return of the Jedi. I'm a little kid, and we go to this movie theater that looks like a dome. And he's like, oh, yeah, the dome theater. Like, he he knew the theater I was talking about, and I was like, that's a real memory. Like, I really remember going to see that movie. Th- that movie. <laughs> so, but Star Wars was always big for me. The toys, I, I mean, the, the toys were just the biggest thing. I mean, Lucas knew what he was doing when he was making those movies and he knew how much he was going to make off all those toys prequels. I remember just being like, what the hell am I watching in attack of the clones? When Yoda, like a true pimp opens up his coat and the <laughs> lightsaber flies into his hand, he lights it and he almost gives like a matrix Neo, like come get it bitch. Like <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then he starts somersaulting <laughs> and flipping. I remember in the theater just laughing hysterically i'm like what the fuck is this is going on it's one of the goofiest moments i've ever had but i was but it was like fun and ridiculous that's actually my favorite of the prequel movies because it's ridiculous but yeah so these movies came out i remember seeing the force awakens i remember thinking okay all right all right well there's luke at the end okay han got stabbed i don't know why he walked all the way out on that 200 foot plank that's only like two feet wide i probably would have fallen off of that just from the vertigo (laughs) (laughs) but but anyway uh it was fun to see those characters again i remember the trailer for force awakens Hmm. not the teaser but the actual trailer when they showed the falcon and then it went right into like a really exciting version of like the han and leia theme i actually choked up about what happened I saw the movie and I was like, okay. Aww. And then I saw Last Jedi, and I remember walking out of there going, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I just watched. It was very long. I was bored through long stretches of this. 
I don't know how to feel about anything that happened. Yeah, I mean, but the franchise always meant a lot to me. I'm not obsessed with it. I'm never going to go to some giant convention and start screaming and smacking toys together with people. Will you cosplay? <laughs> I, will, I will not cosplay right. unless it's sexual. Oh, hell yeah. It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> now we're talking. A little Princess <laughs> yeah. Leia, a little uh, slave outfit. A little Padme. Sure. And I'm, yeah, and, and I'm talking about me. Oh, uh, I know. So, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so Star Wars, I don't get all crazy about it. You know, whatever it is, it is what it is. Like I said, I, I think it's a franchise that hasn't been great for a long time. Can I ask the group a question? Yeah. Because there's one sure. film that no one has mentioned, and I'm curious what your thoughts on Solo are. Yeah. Solo is okay when you can actually see it. Uh, it looks like a movie that was filmed through a dirty piece of glass. <laughs> I didn't dislike the movie, but it didn't feel like Han Solo at any point. And I also couldn't wrap my head around the fact that everything I know about Han Solo happened to him in one week. <laughs> it was yes. a big week. Though. You want to talk about a quote unquote fan service movie? Solo is your biggest culprit. I like I describe Solo as basically being a f- movie that takes place in the Star Wars universe. Like you, you are going into a theater in Tatooine to watch a movie about this famous freedom <laughs> fighter named Han Solo. Oh, and then that it works. Would have made that movie better. Does it work. does work that way. <laughs> that is amazing. If you were what? If you were in a theater on Tatooine watching the Han Solo biopic, exactly. This works. <laughs> totally works. <laughs> I love that. That's the best take of that I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, we've talked a little bit about it. I don't really have a sense of how we feel about it yet, but how did audiences feel about it? Lady One, why don't you give us the fresh hot stats? So this movie opened on December 20th to $177 million in the U.S. and made around $500 million worldwide its first weekend. That is Hmm. the lowest of this Disney trilogy. Whoa. Last Jedi opened at 220 million in the US and Force Awakens at 247 million in the US. So we are dropping consistently but still making oodles of cash. Yeah. What do you guys describe that to? Uh, Ryan Johnson killing the franchise in one fail axe to the head of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that is a preposterous statement. Lady Wan, what do you <laughs> think? <laughs> I think it comes from how annoying people are about these movies. When they first come out and everyone's like, I'll wait a week for all like the crazy fans to go see it first. I'll just catch it after Christmas when it's like relaxed. I really think that people like they still make a shit ton of money during the run. I just think they're having smaller and smaller openings because people just literally want to stay away from these cranky Star Wars fans. Yeah, Yeah, I'd be more inclined to agree with you if, if Johnson made this one as well. But the fact that Abrams came back. I'm not as confident it's because of the decisions that Ryan Johnson had made. I don't think the normal fan, which is who this franchise relies upon really, knows or cares that it's JJ versus Johnson. Nerds care about that shit. Nerds are loud, though. Nerds are. They can be loud. They can be loud. And apparently Russian agents. (laughs) Maybe people are realizing that this franchise is kind of idea bankrupt. Hmm. We need something new. Let's get something new, man. Or they already subscribe to Disney Plus and they know they just have to wait like a month and a half and then they can watch it there at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a sweet TV. Or maybe they looked up if Baby Yoda's in it yeah, or not. And they no, were like, Baby nah. Yoda, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not there. I love Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How hard did The Mandalorian coming out on the Wednesday 
introducing force healing just for Rise of Skywalker to come out the next day and have force healing. Yeah. That's really ridiculous. That was ridiculous. All right. It made the cash, but how did those audiences like it? What is the Rotten Tomato scores? Lady Wan, lay them on us. So this is where it gets awkward because (laughs) episode nine is the lowest ranked movie by critics behind Phantom Menace. It's 55% rotten. Phantom Menace is 53% rotten. Every other movie is fresh in the Star Wars saga. The audience score, though, is 86%. The regular peeps like it. Yeah. Wow. But 55% rotten, that's tough stuff, man. Yeah, that's a little bit tough. But honestly, this movie's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else asked me about it, and I said, it's like if you discover that you like smoking cigarettes... You smoke one and then your dad catches you and he's like, oh, you like cigarettes? Smoke the whole pack till you're sick of it. And And then you throw up and then you never want cigarettes again. So So that's how you describe Rise of Skywalker. Smoking a whole pack of Star Wars. (laughs) Smoke a whole pack. I can see the blurb on the Blu-ray cover now. All right, so before we just start fixing a movie, uh, I'm going to give you a quick plot summary uh, brought to us by Movie Pooper. Movie Pooper, wiping away the excess. Uh, (laughs) That doesn't sound sanitary. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me do a quick summary here from the movie. Spoiler, not Movie Pooper, because the Movie Pooper, I'm sorry, but this is too much of a one-pinch summary. The opening fanfare reveals that Emperor Palpatine has been sending transmissions throughout the galaxy. Kylo Ren tracks him down and finds that he never died at the end of Return of the Jedi, but has been using the dark powers of the Force to keep himself alive. Palpatine tasks him with bringing him Rey. Rey trains under Leia, while Finn and Chewbacca and Poe retrieve information from a mole within the First Order detailing Ren's plans. Rey, C-3PO, and BB-8 join the crew to meet Lando Calrissian on another planet. He leads them to an artifact that can help them locate the Emperor. It is a dagger inscribed with Sith text. C-3PO can interpret the text but cannot verbally translate it. Kylo Ren confronts Rey and the two briefly fight, concluding with Rey emitting Force lightning from her hand. On another planet, C-3PO is able to translate the text at the expense of his memory, which is backed by R2-D2. The text shows that a wayfinder to Palpatine is located on another moon of Endor. Rey, Poe, and Finn infiltrate a Star Destroyer to save Chewbacca, but the latter two are captured and ordered to be executed. Rey fights Kylo Ren through their Force bond, and it's revealed that she is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. Dun-dun-dun! General Hux reveals himself to be the mole, hoping to overthrow Kylo Ren after the murder of Snoke. Hux releases the prisoners, but is discovered and killed by his superior. On the Endor moon, Rey finds the Wayfinder in the wreckage of the second Death Star. Upon touching it, she envisions herself she envis- yeah. Upon touching it, she envisions herself as a Sith Lord. Kylo Ren destroys the Wayfinder and fights Rey again. This time, Leia reaches out to Kylo Ren through the Force, allowing Rey to mortally wound him as Leia dies. Rey uses the Force to heal Kylo Ren's wound before leaving on Kylo Ren's ship to return to Achto. Kylo Ren imagines a conversation with Han Solo, after which he discards his Sith lightsaber and renounces his title, reverting back to Ben Solo. On Octo, Rey speaks with the Force Ghost of Luke, who tells her that she must confront the Emperor and gives her a lightsaber that once belonged to Leia. Using the Wayfinder from Kylo Ren's ship, Rey heads to the Emperor's planet while transmitting the coordinates to the Resistance. Rey and Ben confront the Emperor while the limited Resistance ships engage a fleet of Star Destroyers. As the Emperor absorbs life force energy from Rey and Ben, hundreds of ships appear to aid the Resistance. Although exhausted, Rey hears the voices of all the deceased Jedi, including Yoda, Qui-Gon Jinn, 
Anakin Skywalker and Mace Windu and becomes rejuvenated. She uses both Luke and Leia's lightsabers to reflect the Emperor's Force lightning back at him, killing him once and for all. But the power is too much for her, and Rey dies. Ben uses the last of his Force powers to resurrect Rey, the two embrace and kiss, before Ben and his mother simultaneously join the Force. Above... All Star Destroyers are destroyed, and the First Order is no more. Rey returns to Tatooine and buries the twin lightsabers. We are shown a brief glimpse of Rey's own yellow lightsaber, <clears throat> marketing toys, before she introduces herself to a passerby as Rey Skywalker. The end. John Williams' score swells. Lady Wan, here's Movie Pooper. Rey is Emperor Palpatine's daughter. She kills Palpatine, but dies from the effort. Ben Solo uses the last of his power to resurrect Rey. The two kiss, and Ben dies. Rey buries Luke and Leia's lightsabers on Tatum, and he calls herself Rey Skywalker. That's all movie pooper has. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of people work on a movie, even movies that are dumb like this one. We got to give people their due. People work hard on it. Chris, from the first run, what is one thing that you really liked about The Rise of Skywalker? I know. I know, buddy. <sighs> Um, the thing with, um, that happens with that thing. <laughs> and then you didn't like one thing in here. Here's the thing. All right. There's, <laughs> there's one emotional moment. This film absolutely nails. Mm-hmm. And that is Chewbacca realizing that it he's lost Everybody, that everybody he's cared for and he's fought by side by side for decades, they're all gone. And it's just him now. And that moment when he drops to his knees and does his guttural roar punched me in the gut more so than maybe any film in this trilogy has up to this point. Mm -hmm. So that one moment is, it's perfect. It's really exceptionally well done. And uh, if I have to give Abrams... And Terrio, Chris Terrio, your screenplay writer, any credit, it's it's that moment and it's yeah, it's really well done. Was that the moment that you're was that <laughs> it? <laughs> Close <laughs> I hate to bring up this term again, less horny than that. But Well, hey. You yeah, know he had to. You know yeah. when Han told him to, he has to sure. take care of Leia now. You know what he meant in Empire, right? You know what was meant. Whoa! Let me ask you two a question. I'm curious because I'm this. I just made me so angry. I don't understand why that. Well, now after seeing the film, I guess it makes sense because they yeah. did almost nothing with him. How great would it have been if Lando popped up and you had no idea he was in this? It would movie? have been awesome. But they oh, were like, butts so and seats. We need to get the average fan in seats. Look, Lando, you guys Ugh. know Lando. And he just passes by. And someone's like, oh my God, I know him. That's, that's, uh, forget. That's Billy D. Williams, Colt 45. Let's go see it. He's Lando. Oh, when I was in my 20s, he used to make my thighs quiver like no one's business. Don't tell your father. Is there a weird kind of old New York Jew coming out of this? <laughs> I don't... That's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. But that's who Lando's in there for. Okay. But I think it was such a mistake to do that. It did. It like spoiled it. It's I true. wish I'd been surprised. That was it. That was pretty much it for me. Okay. Uh, Lady Wan, what is one thing you really liked about Rise of Skywalker? Well, first of all, I have to agree that that Chewie moment was like the most emotional moment in at least this whole trilogy. 
And I definitely got all misty and started to cry a little. But my favorite part in this movie was when our most irrelevant characters, Finn and (laughs) Poe, are getting ready to go into the final battle and they've both been named general and they're trying to have a conversation. (laughs) But before that, they have to go general, general. And I love that part so much because they're really trying to have like an important necessary conversation, but like they can't stop the ego a little bit. And I just, I found it to be a nice Mm. comedic beat and very enjoyable for them. It's funny that that stuff that that JJ does well, he did that well in Force Awakens too. I think you mentioned that scene where Ray and Finn the first time they take out the Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon. And they're, and they're just that like, same thing. Like, you were awesome. great. You were you great. Were you were awesome. awesome. Remember that thing you did? And you were pretty. Yeah, like, they, they, they do that stuff. My well. favorite would it's be cute. the um, one basically when the film opens and Poe's talking to, Re- to Ren. He's like, do you talk first? Do I talk first? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that stuff is pretty good. Like the the humor is good there. A lot better than starting with a mom joke, Ryan Johnson. Martha! Sorry. Uh, wrong film. Uh, <laughs> No, but correct writer. <laughs> yeah, so something that I liked. It is hard to find something you like when you are dealing with uh, the writer of Batman v Superman. <laughs> I, just like with most of this series, I loved that JJ picked up with Kylo Ren exactly where Ryan Johnson left off with him, which was he wanted to burn it all down. He he doesn't care about Sith, doesn't care about Jedi, and he's going after the Emperor to kill him. And I actually liked that. I was like, oh my God, Kylo. But then, of course... He sends him off to go get Ray, and I'm like, well, that's that's done now. But I liked Kylo Ren the most in all of these mm-hmm. movies. He has the best arc. He's the best character. When he becomes Ben, good boy sweater wearing <laughs> Solo, <laughs> at the end, <laughs> it is amazing. Take him <laughs> home to Mama. So without further ado, what do you say we fix this movie? What Please, do you think, guys? Let's do it. It's a bold statement, but all right. <laughs> I'm taking my saber to it. The force will be with you. Always. Should the guest go first or should you go first, Lady Wan? Because you're a girl. Guest. Oh. Oh, good. No pressure. Yeah, but we need to start off strong, Lady Wan. Was that a dig? <laughs> that was a dig. I'm just kidding. I'm just what kidding. the what? I. <laughs> 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 Chris. No, whoa, no, 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 no. First, first off, <laughs> run. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to whoa. keep that in. Whoa, whoa. Because it was funny. <laughs> and well-timed, it and I enjoy it. digs at my own expense. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed that. It will stay. Lady one, audio note, it stays. Here we go. <clears throat> Chris, from the first run, what do you got? So the big problem, big the big problem, singular, one yeah. of my issues with this film is how Abrams beefs up. He he turns these Knights of Ren into these kind of total badass disciples, right, of Kylo Ren mm. and the scourge of the galaxy, the Sith Reborn, whatever you want to, right? Whatever. Mm. And then Johnson, to my disappointment, does nothing with them. So, but now here we are. We're gonna wrap everything up. It's it's the it's the final conclusion. The Knights of Ren are gonna be in this film, and he turns them into a bunch of chumps. They're cannon fodder yeah. in Skywalker. Solo just rips them up with his exactly. With his it's just disappointing. On. So, I basically restructure this plot. So, one of the big issues is one of the big complaints on the Reddit sub subreddits and all that stuff is how they the problem with with uh, Last Jedi is they split up our crew, right? And we want everybody together because we all know the most popular Star Wars film 
Empire Strikes Back, they're together the whole time, right? The, the jet, Luke doesn't go to Dagobah. <laughs> they're not split up at all. So, but, so we refocus this one, and then we bring everybody together on one big mission. Uh-huh. So I would have split them up. And then what I do is now they have to, yeah. they, each team, maybe groups of two or three, now we've got to tra- traverse the galaxy, and we've got to get some mystical items that are needed to take down the Emperor. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the Return of the Emperor, even though he was obliterated in Return of the Jedi. And if yeah. he can't seem to survive getting hit by his own lightning, I mean, he, but he can handle being, whatever. <laughs> so, but I'll give you that. He's somehow able to lift 500 oh, ships. Sure. But Darth Vader can just well, pick him up and throw him down. <laughs> so I'll give you the return of the Emperor. I'm going to be kind. So we're going to need these mystical artifacts from across the galaxy that our team has to split up to get. I need a Grail. I need a Horcrux. I need a Necronomicon, a Maltese Falcon, an Uno card. I don't know. But we got to grab all of these specific items. Staff of Ra. And we're split up the team for separate missions. And the Knights of Ren split up and hunt them down. Ooh. And now they have to try. Because my Knights of Ren are badass. Each one has their own ability, their own weapon, whatever the case may be. And they have to figure out a way to defeat them while having to go through these different kind of, I don't know, traps or these dangerous worlds to collect all of these items. Right? And you know what? And maybe the Knights of Ren are, do have all these special abilities, maybe because, but they don't show it in the damn movie. I was talking to a gentleman on Twitter just about this, how there's actually a backstory for each one of them. And there's a lot of information, I guess, like in the oh, yeah. in the uh, visual encyclopedia of yeah. the film. Yeah. Which is an insult, I think, to that. And I have to go to an outside reference to learn more about these guys. But fine. It's a cop out. Exactly. Uh-huh. But that's my that's my first big fix is that you. And then my second one ties into that. But I'm going to pocket it, obviously. So but yeah, that's my first big one. I think that's a much more entertaining film. You have stakes. Right, it's uh, I'm all in on that one. All right, so you want Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame? I almost spit up my water. No, <laughs> with the chil- with the children of Thanos, and them having to collect the stones. I did not realize that's what it was, and I'm embarrassed <laughs> by that now. But I guess so. Sure. <laughs> Except this time, Hawkeye dies and not Black Widow. Much better. <laughs> No, I think that's a great fix because (laughs) that's an awesome fix because the Knights of Ren are completely wasted. You're absolutely right. There you go. I like the idea of having Mm -hmm. them split up and each one is like a powerful being to have to contend with, with mad skills. As the kids say. Maybe just like lesser force sensitive people. Kind of like Finn. Like they got a little force, but not enough. Force light, like diet force. (laughs) Zero calorie force. Don't get me started on Finn's source source force sensitivity. I can't even say the words. I'm so damn angry about it. <laughs> it's just so tacked on. We have it's to make tacked. Ray part of this mystical lineage, but the whole point was that she was an individual. She's new. She's different. She's a loner. So what? How does Abrams kind of just dust my wounds with that by giving Finn some force sensitivity? See, oh, I see. He's he's different. He's on his own. So there. That's what you wanted, right? No. Sorry, I'm uh-huh. getting all worked up. <laughs> you are. It's fine. It's fine, Chris from the first run. Um, <clears throat> liking the, I'm liking the promo promo there though. That's nice. The drops. <laughs> oh yeah, we will hawk the shit out of you. It's fun. We expect the same. Yeah, and I'm things. I'm assuming I'll get a detailed bill too shortly. <laughs> It'll be two dollars per mention. You cup me gently. We'll cup you gently. 
Again, I, I not that kind of show. <laughs> the force will be with you. Always. Lady Wan, why don't you give us your first Rise of Skywalker fix? So my first fix has to do with the unnecessary, irrelevant ticking clock and worst evil monologue in the history of filmmaking. So yes. <laughs> half ghost, question mark, Palpatine announces his return from the dead to the galaxy. I know. I <laughs> he know. tells so everyone, hey guys, I'm not dead. Um, also, I have a ton of weapons, and in 16 hours, I'm going to get you. <laughs> like, like, Get why? ready. <laughs> I just, I don't understand it. It is the worst bad guy monologuing in the history of anything. He's not just telling our hero his diabolical plan. He's literally telling everyone in the galaxy, as well as the audience, what he's going to do and when. And it just doesn't make any sense to me why, A, he would tell everyone, and B, he's going to tell everyone about what he's got. Like, I don't understand the time frame. Why does he say, I'm going to get you in 16 hours? So the movie can feel like there's a sense of tension? It's a cheap way to create stakes. That's yeah, lazy writing. Right, yeah. yeah, it's so lazy. So to change all of this up, my fix is Kylo doesn't have some weird wayfinder. He's been following the Emperor's voice to lead him to Exegol. The Emperor is only reaching out to Kylo because he's still got this weird-ass plan. He's still coming back from the half-dead. He's still got a fleet full of ships, but he needs Kylo's strength in the Force and also from not being like a withered old guy attached to a bunch of tubes to lead this fight. Mm -hmm. He needs him on his side. So he's luring Kylo to Exegol. Okay. No Wayfinder. When he sees him, the Emperor still tells him his plan because he needs Kylo to do everything still tells him go kill Rey to make sure we win we can't have her fighting against us but the way Rey is going to get to Exegol is through her force time with Kylo the same way he figured out in this movie that she's in his quarters because he can see things around her she's figuring out how to get to Exegol by Kylo being there because she remembers it has to do with the maps because she's the only one studying the Jedi text now and so she's able to find the Emperor that way for their final showdown so this gets rid of our nonsensical idea that Palpatine is going to tell the galaxy what he's doing and when. And it also gets rid of those weird wayfinders that like, how do they just plug into their ships? Like my iPhone from four years ago needs a different cord than the one I have now. <laughs> how are they just plugging into wayfinders in their ships? I don't understand it. I know. And it takes like yeah, five Yeah, it's like all these cords in plugged spots. in. Like, I just couldn't. It, <laughs> like where, where, where are they getting the five-way aux cord yeah. splitter? I just, I can't. Like, let's use their force connection between Kylo and Rey and between the Emperor. That's what's bringing everyone together for this ultimate showdown at the end. Not weird GPS from who knows where. <laughs> They're using their Starman. <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that fix too because that's so stupid that he's like, everyone, here's my plan. Yeah. Like, at least in, in Bond movies, they wait yeah. till the middle. Just tell the hero and nobody else. Don't tell everyone in the galaxy. He's like, he's, he's like a social media overhear. <laughs> you think he posts thirst traps? Oh, for sure. He does. He does. Oh, yeah. And, and he's like, hashtag take me back. And he's showing a picture of like the Death Star. The Force will be with you. Always. JC. 
Yeah. What's your first fix? One of my issues is the underutilization of Poe and Finn in all of these movies. Okay. I think they are given the short shrift to bring it to Marvel. <laughs> they're <laughs> basically Black Widow and Hawkeye to Thor. Like they're just kind of witness to this super powerful being just kind of doing what they can in the in the in the periphery of the story. So I want them to be more involved because in, in this one they really seem a lot less involved. They 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 get them together. But what do they really get them together for? Mm. For them to just bear witness to the greatness of Ray? <laughs> like, mm. My fixes have to do with Poe and Finn. Uh, I'm going to hit Poe first. So here we go. I also don't want him to make that dumb announcement. I'm <laughs> piggybacking off of the back of yours, Lady Wan. That was a great fix. That is so dumb for him to announce to everyone <laughs> that he's coming back in 16 hours, baby. <laughs> Showtime. I want Kylo to discover the Emperor on his own. And then... Like you said, like there's that connection between Rey and Kylo. Rey discovers from Kylo that the Emperor has has returned and is planning on launching attack. I mean, they already force time each other uh, anyway, mm-hmm. and they're constantly trying to read each other's brains. Like just so the the info gets out that that way instead of the Emperor making a stupid announcement. <laughs> I also don't want that stupid cloud. I want Exegol to be a secret Sith planet because everything going on on that planet is in the middle of the planet is what it is. So it just Ooh. looks like a regular planet. They need to get to the middle of this planet, mm-hmm. but it's quote unquote impossible because it's heavily fortified and no one knows how to actually get inside of it. They know that it's in there. Kylo gets inside, but he uses tricks, whatever. He's a Jedi guy, whatever. <laughs> okay, you sound like J.J. Abrams like pitching this movie. Yeah, yeah whatever. exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm doing as good of a job as J.J. right now. So, and I'm actually fine with that as long as I'm doing as good. It's fine. Who can get a group inside of this planet? That's not Jedi. That's not somebody that the Emperor can detect because they have Force powers, right? They need Poe. He's just a regular person. He's going to get in undetected with the help of. Some of his old drug dealer friends, because they mention Ooh. in this movie that he used to be a spice runner. Yeah. So he was a he was essentially like a drug dealer, mule smuggler. Yeah. So they need, with the help of his underground drug dealing crew, which includes Carrie Russell, they figure out a way to get into Exegol because they can get into anywhere. I mean, these like under underground smuggler types have ways to get into everything because they're just dirty dealing. Mm-hmm. And their job is to, is to disable the massive fleet of Star Destroyers when they're in there. Uh, once they've disabled the fleet of Star Destroyers, the, the Emperor can't raise them to fight uh, everyone. And that also allows Rey to just come in and finish the job on Palpatine. It also eliminates the ridiculous horse scene <laughs> where <laughs> they land on a spaceship which could literally have just tilted itself and sent all those people flying or just hit one pump of the gas and sent them all flying. (laughs) Uh, So it gets rid of that stupid horse scene uh, and it gives Poe a little side mission, Mm -hmm. something to do, something important that's going to make him a great remembered general, but he gets help from his ex-Spice Runner crew, which they mention in the movie. Uh, That's my first fix. That's my fix for Poe. I like it. So... No Poe Finn kiss to close it out? Oh, they kiss. Nice. <laughs> they they actually have a full on, uh, never mind. Uh, so. <clears throat> no, I like that. It gives Poe's Spice Runner background a better purpose to kind of get in there, do the down and dirty work, busting up those ships while Ray distracts the big baddie. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it'd be him, Kerry Russell, an interesting crew of, of people from his past. Maybe even tie in some of the underground folks from Solo. Hello. Ooh. Dirty window. Uh, yeah, so uh, something like that. Anyway, Poe. I'm trying to make a joke about Poe and Rich, and it's dumb. Uh, we're, we're just Never stops on. me. <laughs> you know, we got to take him from Poe, and we got to make his story a little more rich. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. All right, maybe that would have stopped me. Damn it. The Force will be with you. Always. Chris from the first run, a podcast about film, which covers, <laughs> which covers a variety of things. Film television shows, various segments. Streaming. Uh, segments on what people are streaming. Usually actually it's about uh, marathon running. All kinds of things. Yes. Uh, like, oh, <laughs> usually it's about marathon running um, in the smallest shorts possible. Um, they test them out themselves. Chris, why don't you give us your second fix? So it's a continuation of the threat of the Knights of Ren. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt the need to spike this out because one character, one of my favorites from The Last Jedi, is horribly... Uh, shuffled off to the side, and that is, of course, Rose Tico. Mm-hmm. I oh, am yeah. a big fan of Miss Tran in that film, and Abrams brings on Dominic Monaghan instead and gives basically all the lines oh. he could have given the Rose to him. Mm-hmm. So, Dumb. hated it. There is a Knight of Ren dropped on the planet, and they're there specifically to assassinate Leia. <gasps> oh, <gasps> and Rose is basically the only thing standing between the two of them. Leah is oh grievously harmed, which leads to her passing. And Whoa. it's up to Rose, though, to try and save her and add just another layer of depth and sorrow to Rose's character. That she, she's able yeah, to. She watched her sister die. She doesn't save Leah, but she's able to protect Leah long enough where she's able to save and do whatever it is she does. Uh, and also defeat the, that Knight of Ren using her only her cunning. And basically, think about it like. Whoa. She's Schwarzenegger and Predator in the jungle. Come on, come on, kill me, I'm here, kill Right, me. and she's got to take out this uh, this uh, Knight of Ren, trying to kill the two of them. Well, kill Leia. That's basically it. She's like, "Come on, kill me, I'm here, come on, <laughs> I'm here, exactly. kill me." That's it. I give Rose some more characterization. I give her another uh, arc. She's able to. to she doesn't quite succeed, but I guess she does because she allows Leia to save everybody. And then accepts, you know, that she did the best she could. And it gives a little more depth to her and gives her maybe more than two minutes of screen time. That'd be great. Which I think would be I fine. love that fix. Chris from the first run. Oh, and also Dominic Monaghan's character gets decapitated at some point during that scene. <laughs> he gets scared, poos himself, and then gets decapitated. Gets shot in the junk, Robocop style. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's it. <laughs> That particular Knight of Ren is very big on castration. It collects trophies. That's his whole... (laughs) It's got a little necklace of foreskin. That's right. (laughs) The force will be with you. Always. Lady Wan, Mm -hmm. do you have another fix for us? I do. So starting in The Last Jedi, Kylo Ren asks Spray to take his hand. He repeats Mm -hmm. it again in this movie a couple times. And this is Star Wars. So during Kylo and Rey's fight on the Death Star wreckage at the sea, I want her to literally take his hand. Nice. I want her to cut it off. Oh my God. Nobody lost a hand in this, right? No. So I want them to continue their fight. And that's how she beats Kylo is because he's only got one hand because they're so evenly matched. 
that that is what puts her over the top. Not Leia being like, oh, hold on, let me just interrupt my son so that he can die real quick. <laughs> Not her doing that. That was weird. So that is why Rey is able to strike Kylo that way and mortally wound him. And at that moment, Leia feels her son dying. And Leia starts to die. And that's what Rey feels. Is basically Rey is like, oh shit, I just killed Leia. Ooh. So that's why Rey heals Ben is because she knows that her striking Ben that way is what killed Leia. That's why she heals him. That's why she pieces out and goes into her Jedi exile the same way Luke did because she realizes that her power hurt someone that she loved the same way Luke pieced out in The Last Jedi. So when she gets there and she has the conversation with Luke as a ghost and he says, no, Leia knew this was going to happen. She knew who you were. She knew that you were going to be the death of her one day. And she still trained you because she knew this is what had to happen. Then she can feel that guilt go away and want to fight against her lineage and really take down the emperor because she knows that it was all part of the plan that Leia never told her about. It just cleans up the messiness of what's in there now. And also somebody loses a hand. Which has to happen. So when she heals him, does the hand come out like Deadpool's little baby hand? He doesn't get a hand back. (laughs) (laughs) That is solid. I like that one a lot. Good stuff. Take my hand, Schleiss. Yeah, cut it off. The Force will be with you. Always. JC, what's your last fix? Yeah. All right, so I did (laughs) Poe, and now I'm going to do Finn. Yeah, you did. Aren't you lucky? Yeah, he's a beautiful man. Um, (laughs) So Finn in this movie is totally being set up for something that never pays off, I feel. So he is a former stormtrooper who rejected being a stormtrooper and joined the resistance. When they are on the moon of Endor, he meets a group of other people just like him that are former stormtroopers that rejected the First Order and are living... Uh, on that moon so he meets a whole other group of people exactly like him so i was thinking oh my gosh okay well there's something being set up here he is just like these people she goes through a whole story about uh how they were kidnapped as children and they were you know like conscripted into being stormtroopers so apparently a lot of stormtroopers if not all of them are essentially kidnapped and Mm -hmm. forced into service so how does the rebellion get enough troops to fight the emperor's i mean he's got to have an army of people to man all those ships mm-hmm. right how do they get enough rebel troops to fight against the emperor's massive army finn and janna have a side story where they start a stormtrooper revolt aboard the emperor's fleet Ooh. So basically, Finn gets the important role. Him and Janna get to be liberators of the stormtroopers, which triples the forces of the rebels. Uh, the stormtroopers show up on Exegol with Finn at the head of a massive force. He's now the de facto leader of this new, Ooh. well-equipped, flipped stormtrooper force for good. And he also goes down in history as a great general, just like his buddy Poe. Anybody like that? No? I love that. I hate it. <laughs> Damn it. That, is, Why, that is the worst idea I have heard in I can't begin to think how long. No, I'm, I'm kidding. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. What? What, the, what? 
What I do is I like to go on shows and then make sure I never get invited back. <laughs> <laughs> so did everybody like that? Yeah, I seen better. <laughs> uh, okay. um, well, you didn't poop right, yourself, so, so <laughs> that I can tell. I might have. I like the visual of stormtroopers fighting against the Empire. Yeah, that's cool. Turn yeah. it on its head. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they need the troops, and I think that's better than the quote. <laughs> To bring up Endgame again, that's better than the Endgame. Oh no, we're about to lose. Wait a minute, everyone's here. <laughs> that we got right. in this, like somehow all those hundreds of ships were able to like single file find the path through Exegol. Yes, to this planet that no one has ever known where it was, and all get there at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's the that is the single dumbest scene in the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> I think that this is how they should get their troops. Uh, because remember, they didn't answer the call before when they asked for troops in Last they Jedi. They're not going to suddenly change now. So we are going to change stormtroopers into good guys because Finn and Janna know that they are there against their will. They were kidnapped just like Finn and Janna. That's what I've got. That's what I want. All right. I want everybody to be important and have a role to play. You want everyone to get a trophy? Everyone gets their <laughs> their medallion except Chewbacca. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you stupidest thing. Come on. That was a big moment. He finally got his medal. Sort of. He didn't. He got Han's medal. Yeah, fair. That's, not, that's not the same. You're right. It's not. The Force will be with you. Always. So I guess without further ado, we should consider Rise of Skywalker. Do it with us, Chris. Screen, screen fix. fix! Screen fix! Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a final thought, Chris, from the first run on Rise of Skywalker? Just that it was a disappointing conclusion to a series that I thought had really kind of amped up and been good and entertaining and kind of even was able to reignite a little bit of the passion I had for the series as a kid. So I was a little disappointed, obviously. We'll see what happens next. Mandalorian's been good. I've been enjoying that. Actually, it's over. How much of that is Baby Yoda related? A lot. I love Baby Yo-Yo. I like me some Pedro Pascal and Pascal, and I like Gina Carano, so that's fun. Yeah. And IG-11. He is my favorite. He's freaking... Uh, let's not spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say I'm sad. All right, so he was like my favorite thing. I'm like, I love that guy. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, fuck this show. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm terrible. Lady Wan, do you have a final thought on Rise of Skywalker? I do. So I won't say this movie is like bad, but for me, I didn't like it because I didn't get the emotional satisfaction that I wanted from it at the end of a saga, which I should have known I wasn't going to get because J.J. Abrams. However, a friend of mine went to see this movie with, I think it was her niece, just like 10 years old or something, and she loved this movie. And I was just like, I'm so happy for her. I'm so glad she liked it that she loves all of these. She thinks they're so cool. Like she loves this trilogy. She's just mm. super, super pumped about it. And I'm yeah. just happy for everyone who loves them all because I wish I could love them all. And yep. I'm not going to argue with anyone who loves them because I'm just frankly jealous. Yeah. I said on uh, another pod, I hope that kids love this. Yes. I do. Like I, I hope every young person seeing this trilogy is absolutely blown away by it mm-hmm. and last jedi becomes the next empire and people love the last one also and porgs and they just have this like emotional connection to all these things going on 
I do. Like, I hope that young people love this the same way that people that were kids when the prequels came out somehow get some kind of pleasure out of that, too. <laughs> you were being so positive for a minute. Little, little idiots. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so close. No. All right. Yeah. I have one uh, final thought. What's that? So they let Ray and Ben kiss, mm. which is like the kiss that it seems like nobody wanted. I didn't want it. Poe, the daddy of the Mac, who's supposed to be our new Han, doesn't get his kiss from Carrie Russell? Well, her helmet only seems to open around the eyes. So I really think that was the main issue. Who's the hindrance? Maz Kanata doesn't get to kiss Chewbacca? She, she wanted to climb that, that tree. She called him her boyfriend. <laughs> she wanted to, yeah, she wanted to totally take out his lipstick. Um <laughs> Finn doesn't kiss the horse queen. I mean, they were right there. They were like face to face. It was, there was just the one like random lesbian kiss, mm-hmm. which okay, like representation. But what about all those other people? Nobody got a kiss. Oh, I felt so horrible. I was so insulted by that. As a card carrying SJW, that kiss at the end between the two women was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and then when they do the whole they hint around the general woman there is Billy D is Lando's kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just they kind of dance around that don't That was weird. Uh, the ending was like, oh like at least give at least someone else kissed too. Not just like the ultimate kiss that nobody wanted, and then like a thrown in kiss from two characters I don't even know. Like yeah, just, I don't know them. Yeah. Give me some kisses. <laughs> <laughs> want to see some kids make one of at them at least make- a brother and sister yeah, i mean and and they all should have been tasteful except for the maz and chewbacca kiss that should have been gross yeah <laughs> he should have been basically eating her face and licking her butthole eyes oh my god <laughs> maz has butthole eyes i'm sorry all right anyway so uh, I got one uh, thing to read here. We oh, got yeah. we got a couple uh, fixes from online. Uh, one of them is from our old buddy James from Pop Cold Net. He wanted to chime in. He didn't want to be left out. All right, so James wrote. Okay, oh, this is a pretty popular take. Instead of having all of the Jedi from the past whisper to Rey in the final stand against Palpatine, there should have been visualizations. So it would have been awesome if all the Force ghosts joined her in deflecting Palpatine's Force lightning attack. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot of places. I feel like everybody sees that as a completely missed opportunity uh, in this movie. I mean, imagine if she's beaten down, she hears whispers, and then she gets up, and then it's kind of a reveal. We're close on her face and then you see some blue kind of appear behind her and then all of a sudden it's revealed that they're all standing right there that would have been an outstanding nod to the rest of the saga no i think people would have gone ape shit hmm. people would have gone ape shit yeah that that would have been captain america grabbing the hammer Ugh. if we're gonna fan people service go all in yes yeah people people would have went Aah! it would have went nutty especially if they and you know what's funny is people would have probably cheered the loudest when they saw hayden christensen that's a bold statement, my friend. I'm not. Uh... <laughs> no, he's terrible. But people understand that <laughs> poor guy's been through enough. He needs he needs to be cheered for. Sure. <laughs> sure. No, I agree. I mean, that poor cat's career was ruined because of those films. Yeah, we need we need to give him a little little love. All right, all right, cool. And then I got one more here. This is from first time, long time Rob. Uh, this is Rob. He says that he hated the spinning desert shot. Of the Knights of Ren. He said, that shit belongs in a music video. <laughs> also, more generally, can we scrap them? 
They could have been stormtroopers given how useless they were, but they have to have new merch, I guess. Good <laughs> point, Rob. And Chris, you fixed Rob's issue. Did you read that online, yeah. supposedly, that why Ren put his helmet back together was for merchandising? Because you, you couldn't really license Adam Driver's face, but you can merchandise the hell out of that helmet. <laughs> yeah. No, but that sounds like a wise business decision. I read on Twitter it, it's because of Galaxy's yeah. Edge because they need Kylo stocking around there and he has to have oh, a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> and now they'll have the helmet with the red shit. Mm. And I have this dark theory oh. that even Baby Yoda was created specifically for marketing too. Yeah, well, I want one of those. See? That's absolutely brilliant because I <laughs> sell them to toys. buy everything. Oh my god! I'm gonna want to buy that little doll, Yoda. put a little hole in it. So, like, um, <laughs> wow! Uh, is there anything? Do you have anything else, uh, Lady Wan? Are there any other quotes? All right. So, if there's no other, quotes, I don't think what you could uh, possibly Wan, say after that. Why don't you send us home, Lady Wan? You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook to search for Screenfix Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at screenfixpod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Libsyn, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. We like really, really want it. So that's a good reason to give it to us. And also, please tell someone to listen to the show. Just like a stranger, like maybe like next time you're at McDonald's, just like tell the person that the cash register about the show. It's Star Wars. They'll listen. Everybody has some dumbass take on this. All right, so... (laughs) Exactly. We also have a Patreon account if you want to give us any money. So that we can go to McDonald's? Sweet. <laughs> so we can order off value menus. <laughs> no, no. I don't want to use, use it for food. Shows cost money. You know what I'm saying? Chris, yours, yours does, right? Yes. I did not hear what and you said. We wanna, and we want. <laughs> right? And then you were sore after. All right. So, uh, Chris, what? from the first Wait, run, what? why don't you plug your show? So, as. Lady Wan said, you can find it, find us too at all your podcasting platforms. If you hate me, shoot me an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. I'm always up for some hate mail. <laughs> Next week, we'll be discussing Uncut Gems and The Souvenir. We've got a lot of stuff to try and pack in. A lot of great stuff that's being coming out so you can hear us. And our big Star Wars Adam Driver Fest episode is available now mm-hmm. as well at thefirstrun.com. Mm-hmm. Dive in. It's a goodie. Pack a lunch. Stay the day. There's a lot of content on that site. So enjoy. Yeah. And you you guys, thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Really? I've really enjoyed yeah. it, so thank you. Whoa. He, lady one, he likes us. Don't let him hear you say <laughs> that. Be cool. He's not gone. Be cool, oh, he's man. still there. Um, Be cool. Let's leave everybody with your <laughs> title for episode 10. How about Star Wars episode 10, Let's Try This Shit Again. <laughs> Star Wars episode 10. Ray, you've become a woman. <laughs> Not Ray, you're a woman now. <laughs> Am I participating in this? No, yeah, well, I don't know if I yes. can. Because yeah. uh, the problem is the term fisting keeps popping in my head, and I don't, and I don't know why it is. <laughs> All right, well then, perfect. Star Trek episode ten. No, I would, I would add the <laughs> the fisting. <laughs> Class it up a bit, thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. We love it. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Tune in next time for another episode. I don't don't know what it's going to be. We never know. We're dumb like that. But anyway, had a blast. Thank you, Chris, from the first run. Check him out. You won't be disappointed. disappointed.
he's even better on his show. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>